This is the East Trauma Cast. Trauma Cast. Trauma Cast. With your moderators, Levi Proctor from the University of Kentucky, Lexington, Dave Morris from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and Matt Martin from Madigan Army Medical Center. This program is brought to you by the online education section of the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma, Advancing Science, Fostering Relationships, and Building Careers. Hello and welcome to the East Trauma Cast. My name is Dave Morris and this is officially my first time moderating the Trauma Cast. Uh, in this podcast today, Matt Martin and I co-moderated a discussion with Dr. Donald Jenkins about trauma research on the national scene, specifically the National Trauma Institute and the Coalition for National Trauma Research, or as it's abbreviated, CENTER. Now, it is hard to introduce Don Jenkins in a way that even approximates brevity. His involvement in the national trauma community is prolific. He is a past president of EAST and currently serves on the EAST Foundation Board. He was also recently appointed to the executive board of the American College of Surgeons Committee on Trauma. During his nearly 25 years of active duty service in the United States Air Force, he served as the trauma director for the 44th Medical Command for All Medical Care in Iraq from 2004 to 2005. He helped develop the Joint Theater Trauma System for the United States Central Command, which includes all of Southwest Asia. And he was the trauma director for the Joint Theater Trauma System including Baghdad, Iraq, and Bagram, Afghanistan in 2006. In his work as the vice chair of the National Trauma Institute, Dr. Jenkins has had an instrumental role in securing funding for critical trauma research, overseeing distribution of over $6 million in research funds to more than a dozen investigators involving over 20 research centers nationally. Dr. Jenkins, it's a pleasure. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Morris and Dr. Martin, for uh, the opportunity to uh, speak with you today. Uh, Don, if we could, let's just jump right into it. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about the National Trauma Institute, what it is, what your role at the National Trauma Institute is, and why you think uh, it's important for us to know about. Well, uh, David, that, you know, that's a, that's a good question. The National Trauma Institute uh, is actually an all-volunteer uh, organization. It is a not-for-profit uh, organization uh, coming in uh, with the uh, 501c3 uh, status. Uh, and uh, this group was uh, put together uh, really as the brainchild of uh, Dr. Ronnie Stewart, who's currently the chair of the American College of Surgeons Committee on Trauma, and then Colonel John Holcomb, uh, and uh, they invited me to the table as the trauma medical director of the Air Force Hospital in San Antonio uh, to uh, come together and look at opportunities to obtain additional funding for trauma-related research. And uh, we were able to uh, influence some Texas legislators uh, to steer some funding uh, our way to get some trauma-related research. After a couple of years of meeting like that, it was mutually agreed upon that we were never going to make a national case for this, having an organization housed in San Antonio with mainly San Antonio people sitting at the table. And we voluntarily disbanded that organization and created the National Trauma Institute and immediately brought on board uh, the leaders of all of the lettered trauma organizations, as I like to say, uh, that would uh, be involved in uh, trauma patient care. 
This includes not only the American Association for the Surgery of Trauma, Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma, Western Trauma Association, and the ACSCOT, but also the American Academy of Neurosurgeons, the American College of Emergency Physicians, the Orthopedic Trauma Association. And so we tried our best to bring the uh, current leaders of those organizations or the immediate past leaders of those organizations uh, around the table uh, to uh, try to carry forward a clear message to our elected officials that trauma was a huge problem in this country, responsible for more years of life lost than any other disease uh, process uh, that uh, that uh, takes the lives of Americans. What, why do you think it, uh, why do you think trauma research funding is so far behind cancer, and why was there such a need for this? Well, I'll tell you, Dave, that the uh, lack of uh, trauma funding. We 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 joke uh, sometimes about this, like we don't have a race and we don't have a ribbon. Uh, we have a month, uh, but uh, it, it there is no poster child uh, for uh, trauma related uh, research. And uh, it, it does boggle the mind that uh, the, the, the trauma patient uh, doesn't represent uh, a disease process that uh, people can identify with. It is remarkable that if you look at NIH support for HIV, cancer, and trauma, uh, that is for every $3.50 spent on HIV research, there's a dollar sixty-five spent on cancer research and a dime spent on trauma-related research. Mm. And so uh, this has been the focus of the National Trauma Institute to uh, garner uh, uh, research dollars appropriated through the Congress uh, that then uh, can be used to uh, perform trauma-related research. And what I'm proud to say about the National Trauma Institute is that over the past three years, uh, we have managed uh, funding and uh, for 16 studies done in 35 cities in 22 states with nearly 60 investigators, and 10 of those studies are multi-institutional. And so if the, if the funding is becoming more available, how does the... The average trauma surgeon who's got an idea for a study, uh, how does how does one go about procuring those funds or, or, or getting involved in NTI-funded studies? Is that is, is there a process that you can tell us about, or a, you know, is there a form to fill out, or an application, or, or what? How how is the best way for someone to get involved? Well, David, that's a that's a very interesting question, and I'll tell you that uh, the NTI's uh, success in uh, getting uh, trauma-related funding uh, had to take a different approach uh, when the earmark era of our uh, Congress changed. We are in the midst of a new round of funding requests uh, with our uh, Congress, and uh, there's a very exciting development that has come out of this new approach and that is the creation for the Coalition for National Trauma Research. Now, this coalition is the uh, leadership of the AAST joining with the leadership of NTI and having uh, robust uh, participation uh, by East and West and uh, the American Trauma Society 
to go to Congress with now not just the voice of the National Trauma Institute, but a true coalition of the trauma uh, organizations to include the Committee on Trauma uh, from the American College of Surgeons. And we just visited uh, Washington, uh, D.C. Uh, last month. There were 35 surgeons representing 28 states, and we were able to visit 114 congressional offices, all with the same message, to fund a coalition for trauma-related research with $30 million to not only uh, create a national uh, uh, trauma repository for uh, this uh, data, uh, but also to fund trials. Uh, now, whether or not we're able to get that money appropriated remains uh, to be seen. So over the next month, uh, we would ask our surgeons to keep an eye on your email that if you get a request through CENTER, uh, the Coalition for National Trauma Research, or from the National Trauma Institute, uh, to act on that and uh, reach out and uh, contact your elected official to implore them uh, to, uh, to support this. And uh, it, if this is able uh, to uh, uh, come to fruition, then there will be a process by which we will send out uh, as broadly as we can reach a, a message uh, to put out a call for proposals. Uh, that would, because of our collaboration, uh, come to all of the members of those letter trauma organizations, likely through their organization. Uh, so that uh, we wouldn't uh, miss anybody, and, and then everyone would have an opportunity to uh, apply to receive uh, said funding. So I think that at this stage of the game, uh, that uh, people should be contacting their legislative liaisons in their institution. Most, most large academic institutions uh, have people that do this uh, for a living. Let them know of the importance of this. Uh, to help us and to press the message that this isn't just uh, a physician coming to the, this is a whole organization uh, coming to the to the table and that, that, you know, there were representatives, like I say, of 35 different organizations uh, out there uh, uh, imploring the Congress to uh, appropriate this money. Don, this is Matt. Uh, quick question for you. So maybe you could clarify. So now that we have Center, uh, what do you see as the main role of the NTI? Uh, is it going to have a function under center? Is it going to focus on the, the data repository piece now? Because uh, it seems like they, they have a lot of overlap. So the, uh, uh, when the AAST uh, was looking at their multi-institutional uh, clinical trials subcommittee or committee uh, and uh, wondering about how to get additional funds uh, to perform research, uh, they looked at NTI's track record of being able to uh, get funding uh, for research. And this is something that NTI has formed a bit of an expertise with uh, over the past five or six years of how to uh, carry out the messaging. And, in fact, that endeavor I spoke of uh, in terms of uh, bringing 35 surgeons to Washington, D.C., was largely underwritten by the American Association for the Surgery on Trauma using uh, the consulting uh, uh, team and 
and the messaging approach that NTI uh, has been uh, using in the past that have caused $40 million to come into NTI over the past uh, six or seven years uh, for trauma-related uh, uh, research. Uh, it is likely that a data repository uh, would be housed in the NIH where the federally integrated TBI research uh, uh, data repository uh, sits. Uh, we have uh, worked with the Department of Homeland Security uh, and, uh, again, generating a, a message beyond just uh, creating the uh, trauma clinical trials uh, uh, network. Don, how uh, how was how did those meetings go with the senators and the Congress? Uh, were you well received? Is there enthusiasm for this? Well, uh, David, you know, good good question. Uh, the majority of the uh, folks that we uh, meet with uh, in in Washington D.C., as you might imagine, are not the actual elected officials, but they are their staff, and uh, the staff are are very bright. Uh, people, most of them uh, at the front end of a career, uh, very quick on the uptake, uh, very interested uh, in making sure that the constituents of their uh, elected official uh, would in some way uh, understand why uh, their, uh, their elected official would be uh, supportive of such an endeavor. Uh, when you go and you give a message about, uh, you know, trauma, kills more children than all the other causes of death of children combined, that's a, you know, baseball, mom, apple pie, flag-waving uh, kind of a message. And it's hard for uh, people to understand. The, the, the question, the number one question we always get is, how does this not already exist? What, where, why does this not already exist? Uh, and uh, so they, to almost a person, are very receptive. Now, because we use a pretty smart uh, group of people as our advisors about this, there are some elected officials' offices that we don't visit because uh, we know that, in general, they would eliminate uh, the entire federal <laughs> budget if they could uh, because that's what their uh, constituents elected them uh, to do. Uh, so we don't uh, we don't spend a lot of time in in those in those offices, and it's why you get the right people to help you uh, to do this, and then why at the beginning of that day uh, we spent an appropriate amount of time uh, educating that trauma surgeon group about what the message of the day was, and then we sent them to those offices with a professional uh, person who interfaces with the Congress to give them the specifics. We brought the surgeons in so that they could spread the message of injury and research. Would you say, though, that there is bipartisan support of the people that you met with, or is this, a, like everything else, going to fall on party lines? What I can tell you, David, is with uh, absolute assurance, uh, there is bipartisan support and in both houses uh, of, the, uh, of the Congress uh, that uh, there are several states, and I won't uh, name them by name on this uh, conversation, but uh, who have been very supportive of this uh, endeavor. And uh, it's far easier for a congressperson to sign on to support someone else's endeavor uh, than to uh, take it on primarily for themselves. And it is interesting that uh, when you go to the office of a very newly elected person, uh, that they are looking for things for their elected official to be a primary person on uh, so that they can 
begin to uh, establish a, uh, a legislative agenda, uh, if you will. And this is one of those hot topics uh, for them. This is about the, this is about the people. This is uh, a fantastic thing. Uh, for those that uh, may not know, uh, the uh, uh, several House bills were authorized uh just uh today there was a big uh, email uh, blast that went out uh about supporting trauma system this is not this not what we're talking about here with center uh, uh per se uh but uh, trauma systems uh, legislation now authorizing uh, the congress to spend money and getting the congress to appropriate money towards that uh, authorization are two different things uh but to have uh, the, the vote on these things was ridiculous in the House. It was like 384 and 10 or 15, you know, against. So that's the kind of support uh, that we're seeing in the Congress uh, when we go and talk about this uh, issue that's, that's uh, very near and dear to all of us. I can't remember the last time a vote was that lopsided in our in our Congress. They, they are hard votes to come by. But that, that gives you the sense of... Uh, uh, the proper messaging done by uh, trauma organizations. Uh, the Trauma Center Association of America has been really big behind those uh, bills that were authorized uh, today. They will be up on Capitol Hill uh, looking for authorization language to fund those uh, now uh, reauthorized uh, bills uh, sometime in the next uh, six weeks or so. Well, you've mentioned a couple ways to get involved. Um... Are there any other routes that you would suggest for somebody who maybe has a, a political mind or is interested in doing this as part of their career going forward? Uh, yes, I think that the scientific uh, organization that really has uh, the, the best program uh, for this would be the American College of Surgeons. Uh, they have uh, a very active program uh, that you can learn uh, how to approach your elected officials um, that uh, they provide some training uh, related uh, to that. American College of Surgeons is also always looking for volunteers uh, to go to Washington, D.C. for their advocacy days uh, uh, as well. And uh, uh, my suggestion would be, as we went through uh, the list of uh, congresspersons who had uh, a vote when it comes to appropriating money towards this purpose. That's how we selected the elected officials to go and visit. Then with the cooperation of the leadership of AAST, uh, East, West, uh, and uh, the American Trauma Society, we were able to go through their membership uh, logs and identify surgeons who were primarily uh, performing their uh, day, daily duties in that elected official's jurisdiction, and then read through those uh, those, those those names and looked at folks that we thought uh, would be really effective uh, at carrying this uh, message forward, and uh, that's how we reached out and you know made a call. Well, we talked to about 45 people, uh, 38 of them uh, agreed to uh, uh, do it. Uh, three had to uh, back out, uh, two because of weather, <laughs> and they couldn't get, get there, and one due to illness. Uh, so I would say that uh, if uh, you want to be involved in something like this, you need uh, to let Samir Fakhri uh, or, or Tom Scalia 
or Christine Kokenauer, uh, and it's still Kim Davis at this uh, point for, for East uh, sitting at the table with us. Uh, but uh, you need to let the leadership know that this is something that you would be interested in doing, uh, participating in. Uh, there are now several committees of a center that have been uh, created. They are being populated uh, by uh, members from the lettered organizations. Again, I would go to your uh, leader and let them know uh, that you want to be involved in the development of, uh, of uh, all of these features that would come with a, a National Trauma uh, uh, Research Coalition and do what we talk about in the leadership uh, development uh, program of EAST which is to show up at the meetings, be on time, bring your ideas, get the work you're assigned done in a timely fashion, and uh, maybe with uh, even a more uh, uh, robustness than might have been expected, uh, which can only then cause people to want to call on you more uh, to do, uh, take, take part in those kinds of activities. So, Don, uh, let me ask you a quick question about the funding, and, and as a former military guy with extensive military experience, uh, you would think that trauma funding for research would start to really shake loose, you know, with a war going on. And, uh, you know, we've been at war for over a decade plus. And, and have you seen that shake loose a lot of dollars for trauma funding? Or has that been really focused on only if you can have a very specific military indication? So I wouldn't be the one to speak on behalf of uh, how the uh, Department of Defense has uh, decided that uh, its trauma-related research uh, funds should be uh, distributed. But what I will say is that uh, we believe that uh, with the drawdown in uh, combat activity and combat casualties, we know that there are a tremendous number of questions that the Department of Defense still has uh, related to injury and care of the injured combatant, that the only way that those answers are going to be achieved is to study that uh, in a civilian uh, patient uh, population and that uh, we believe that center would be the kind of an organization that could and should develop a national uh, trauma research agenda. It is important for everyone to know that the uh, DOD is represented, every one of the services is represented on the board of National Trauma Institute and thereby represented on center as well so that we know what the DOD needs are and many of the studies that we would be performing would be translatable back over to the military environment for the most part. So, Don, what's your response to the, I'm the average busy trauma surgeon. I work, you know, 80, 90 hours a week already getting hammered about RVUs. And I just don't have time to be a lobbyist or to be politically active or to answer these emails. Uh, you know, what do you say to that group, which I think is probably a fairly large percentage of our profession? And, and how do we move forward with having a voice if we can ever get united and, and reasonable representation? Well, a great question, Matt. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, there is a, a small and determined segment of our uh, population of, of trauma uh, research-related uh, group uh, that is uh, committed to this. I think that uh, continuing to support your organizations in this endeavor would be 
what we would hope from the majority of people. And by support, uh, I mean not only uh, with your voice, with your vote, uh, but also potentially uh, to uh, consider a donation towards uh, such endeavors. It doesn't, I mean, it costs money to fly people to Washington, D.C. It costs money uh, to pay uh, consulting firms who, who do this for a living to get you in to the right place with the proper message and then to do the follow-up on this. It's interesting, I just came from the American College of Surgeons Committee on Trauma spring meeting, and at that session, uh, we were able to get 70% of the Committee on Trauma to uh, donate to the American College of Surgeons uh, Political Action Committee. The overall American College of Surgeons, which you know is well over 10,000 surgeons, uh, the percent involvement of surgeons uh, donating to that PAC uh, comes in at less than 5%. So 95% are not uh, engaged in any way, shape, uh, or form. This is why we formed National Trauma Institute, why in a very altruistic way uh, we decided that this had to be important uh, to us. And like I say, I'm talking about a very tiny group of people. Five or six people have caused $40 million to be appropriated for trauma-related research through NTI over the past six years. It doesn't take many. It takes accuracy uh, with how one does this. So uh, I think that uh, uh, there'll be it'll be is as important uh, for folks uh, to continue support through their organization as any other way that they could uh, support these endeavors, if if that makes sense. And and that was that was our uh, you know last summer. Uh, you know, Bill Chaffee and Tom Scalia took this uh, took this on and said, "Listen, we got to talk to all the organizations. Let's bring them together." Uh, and again, you know, WAST footed the bill. We had a face-to-face -face meeting in Chicago. Everybody got to know each other's uh, take on this, and everybody's value in the equation was uh, uh, understood, acknowledged, uh, accepted. And uh, by the time of the WAST meeting last fall. Uh, Bill Chaffee made it a part of his presidential address to announce the formation of this uh, new uh, new coalition. And I can tell you that the leadership of all the organizations sitting around that table uh, was uh, more than cordial. Uh, excited would be a, a good word for it. Uh, and uh, very appreciative of all the efforts of all of the other organizations uh, that were that were participating in this together. When you go to the Congress and you ask them for $30 million to do something, they want to know that, A, uh, you're the right people, that this is the right message, and that you can actually use the money the way that you, is intended and, and appropriated, uh, you know, th this is, this is the, that there's going to be a good outcome of this investment. Uh, and they want to know, again, that you have the right organization to do it. Well, you tell me what other trauma-related uh, coalition uh, would you dream of putting together, you know, that could, uh, that could answer these questions and use those funds to influence trauma, mortality, and morbidity in this country, because uh, I don't know that coalition. So uh, one final question, Don. Uh, you know, one of East's big focus is on the, the junior surgeon and career development. So, so I'm a junior trauma surgeon. 
uh, and I really want to get involved in some of this. What's what's the best way that I go about that? Do I try and do it through one of the lettered organizations? Do I contact Center? Do I contact NTI and say, hey, I'd like to volunteer? You know, what would your what would your counsel be to one of these junior surgeons? So I think to the uh, to the junior surgeon uh, that I would be working uh, with my uh, mentor, whether that's uh, somebody institutionally uh, that you're working with currently, or someone that uh, maybe was somewhere along the lines uh, an influence for you, and engage uh, how to uh, how to accomplish that. Uh, much of the time. Uh, when you know you get to be the uh, uh, leader of one of the uh, lettered organizations, uh, you've gotten to some point where it's harder and harder uh, to know the names of all the people in the organization, even though you might have talked to them five minutes ago. Uh, and there's a number of reasons for that. <laughs> um, but when I get a phone call, you know, from a uh, person that is within the, you know the national leadership of things to say. I have this young person. Do you have something for the, you know that's that's going to be a very effective uh phone call message uh and way to uh, uh get people involved. Uh, it's why when there's a call for volunteers for East, uh, I walk down the hall to, you know, my uh, junior partner's office and say Please respond to this if you want to be an active participant in East. If you do respond to it, I will pick up the phone and I will call the leadership of the organization to say, I really would find it personally a favor if you were to consider uh, this uh, bright individual because I can personally attest uh, to not only their skill set but their dedication and uh, what uh, we would do to commit uh, resources so that they can successfully complete uh, this uh, activity that for which they are for which they are volunteering. So uh, I think that that's probably the smart way of going about things, and it comes down to uh, you know the interests, the uh, uh, faculty development, the leadership development uh, of that individual, and uh, I would count on them using their senior mentors as uh, uh, an avenue to success. Yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Dr. Jenkins. We've been uh, it's been our privilege to listen and to hear about all this exciting stuff. It sounds like. Uh, the future of trauma research is in good hands at the national level. Thank you for all that uh, you have done and continue to do on uh, our behalf and on behalf of the injured patients. Well, thank you to EAST for uh, giving uh, NTI and Center an opportunity uh, to uh, let you know what's happening. And that wraps up another edition of TraumaCast, brought to you by the EAST Online Education Section of the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma. You can check out all the great educational and career development resources available on the EAST website at www.east.org. And make sure you subscribe to the TraumaCast series so you don't miss any of our exciting upcoming programs and interviews. So if you're searching for cutting-edge science and research, professional education, networking and building relationships, and career development, remember that all you need to do is look to the EAST. To the east.